Hey, 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 y'all. So we are back. This that part right here on this Thursday. And as I have talked about last week, um, when y'all tuned in, last week was a little rough. It was a little heavy, but you know, it definitely helped me a lot. And going into this week, it helped a lot even more to be able to do this episode with y'all. Today's a very special day for me um, and my mom, who's in here in the studio, and my family, because um, today is the day that my sister's birthday, she would have been 27, 28, been turning 28. So five years ago, uh, my little sister passed away. But before we get into that, um, I just want to, you know, really celebrate her. You know, I don't want it to be a sad day. I don't want it to be daunting. I don't want it to, you know... Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be sad, you know, it's a day of celebration, just like any other day that we would have celebrated with her if she was alive, you know, and um, yeah, so celebrating her today is a big thing for me, um, it's a big thing for us, shout out to all my family who's been there through everything, and then just to go a little bit into what happened to her, um, uh, she moved out here with my mom in 2015, 14, 14, sorry, I'm bad with dates, y'all, um, <laughs> and she was minding your own business, driving down Sunset, um, and the off-ramp, and a guy who was in a Raptor truck decided to punch it, take the light, ran into her, and um, it was a very bad, very bad accident, and she ended up not surviving. Within that, the guy decided to grab a bag, get out the truck, leave, take off, call his wife, and have her pick him up down the street, where later the cops found him behind, um, what's the hospital? Southern Southern Hills, Southern Hills Hospital. So um, he didn't render aid. He didn't call nine one one. He didn't do any of that. So it was considered a reckless driving um, with death because she passed away, and then also a hit. Well, leaving the scene. Um, he got out like three days after the accident, which was unbelievable that this even happened. Um, with those two felonies, not only not only that, but other, you know, other misdemeanors that was on there as well, and then was out for five years until we finally went to trial this past year, um, in July. We ended up finally getting two guilty verdicts. Thank God, and um, thank God. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hate to say that he ran because, um. The way the system is these days, and especially in Nevada, it's been trying to get better. But we were able to get the maximum, which was up to 22 years. Um, a lot of people, we've told this story a couple of times, and we, we did a forum a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of people came up to us afterwards and told us their story. And um, a lot of people had stories like, you know, they didn't get any type of punishment at all. And their loved one passed away from reckless driving. Um, some got very minimum. Some, you know what I mean? So there's, there's, there's something that needs to happen with that. You know, not only with, like, reckless driving in general in Vegas, but just with the punishment with that. So we're going to get into that a little bit later because we have um, the father of another victim of reckless driving here. And he's going to talk about his son, Rex, and talk about that. And then we're going to get into how... We can help make these things a little bit better or to help the punishment be a little bit more severe to try to prevent this from happening again. So, um, yeah, before we get into all that, um, 
Time is going by so slow. <laughs> but I'll come back. I'll come back anyways and talk about my sister. Before The best way I can describe my sister is through this video my brother made for her. And it kind of gives a whole little history of her. And um, I'll come back and say a little bit more after this. So let's go ahead and do that. This is Savannah, my sister. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How old is she? How old is she? Yeah. One month. One month. It's been an hour since you've been gone. And that's too long, so come back home. I can't live without you. So I cry for you. Do anything that I can to feel a touch from your hand. Sorry that I want you. Lady, what do I do? You know you're everything I knew you. Oh, yeah. Do what you want me to. Oh, my God. 
Savannah. Don't get close, Mama. Get back so I can see you. Get back. Let me see you how big you are. Get back. Get back. Let me see how big you are. Whoa. You're big now. Cause I'm dreaming of you tonight till tomorrow. I'll be holding you tight, and there's nowhere in the world I'd rather be. Oh, me, You put an ornament on the Christmas tree. Wait a week. Oh, why? Christmas?
Really not going anywhere?
This is for you, Norma. Want to send you a snap of this? We're eating, chilling. Daughter. Finally at the beach with this lovely lady over here. We finally made it. <laughs> but yeah so as you can see she was just a ball of light fun goofy silly um and ever since then we've been just trying to do things in her in her name in her honor um i don't know if you can see my shirt savannah homes um my dad ended up uh, creating a whole his own home building business after my sister and in her name um and we continue to try to just you know do as much as we can to um, make sure her name still, you know, lives on and also whatever we can do to help prevent this from happening from other people. Um, and which brought us to our guest. We, um, did a forum with, from Chad, one of our DAs, and he connected us to Jason Padgett. So welcome Jason Padgett. <laughs> hello, hello. He's also on, um, Unfortunately, he lost his son as well to a reckless driver. But before we get into those details, we just want to shed some light on Rex and see what kind of kid he was, what kind of person he was, what he liked to do. And so, yeah, come on, tell us about him. Well, good. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Um, happy birthday, Savannah. Right. Joy and <laughs> special day for sure. Um, Rex. So I have four kids. He was number three of, of my children. The two older were his brothers and his youngest was his sister. So... He kind of was in the middle um, and really provided the glue within the family. He was a happy kid, never took life for granted. I mean, my wife and I would always say that, that kid wakes up every day <laughs> looking for the next great moment to happen. And he, he had a thirst and a quench for excitement and life, and he definitely let everyone know that. Um, you know, he, from a very young age, he struggled with kind of physical disabilities. He was born with a genetic disorder that kind of prevented him from fully excelling athletically and his brothers did and people were, you know, his friends all kind of excelled, but he, he would keep up with them the best he could. And, uh, he was a warrior and he, and he loved to play sports, even though, you know, maybe it had, it was challenging for him. He, he thought he was the best and we, <laughs> and we made him feel like he was the best for sure. And he, despite those uh, hurdles in life really made sure that, you know, those didn't stop him from enjoying life. and. Never once did he complain. Um, you know, a year before he passed, he had gone through some se several surgeries. Um, one notably where, you know, he had multiple tumors in his jaws removed. We had to go to the Mayo Clinic and, and take care of all that. And the whole time, you know, the most exciting part of that for him wasn't, you know, that he had to go through this horrendous um, surgery or anything like that, because that's not exciting, right? But he had never been on an airplane, and he got to be on an airplane for the first time. And so, wow. unbeknownst to him, how how tragic or I guess how difficult the surgeries would be and the the recovery, 
the only thing he cared about was getting <laughs> on that airplane. So he had a great, you know, great flight there. Flight home, not so good, but right. <laughs> definitely a flight there. But he was a happy kid, um, and he had just enjoyed his friends. He enjoyed his family. He enjoyed his cousins, his grandparents, his parents. He just loved life, and he lived it to the fullest, for sure. Awesome. That's so good. And it's just, man, kids like that just just make you want to go 10 times harder, you know what I mean? Because they just find the light and everything, and it's hard to do that as adults sometimes. So sometimes those little reminders are little... Yeah, angels. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, we we talk, we talk and say he just took full advantage of every minute of his life, like he knew it wasn't going to last forever, right? And he, for sure, kind of passed that legacy on to to me and my wife and our other surviving children, and to take every moment um, like it's your last and live it to the fullest. Man, that's good, and that's good. Um, good peace to have, you yeah. know, to knowing that he. He lived his life while he was here, you know, so going into what happened to him as much as you want to share, feel free. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I haven't been shy about sharing the story. Um, this is something really important to not only just me and my wife and my children, our family, right? Obviously very personal for us, but it's an issue that, that needs to be dealt with at a, a larger scale. Um, so a year ago, it's been a year and two days. So March 7th, 2022, um, it was a Monday. I had had the day off for work. Um, my my kids were hanging out with their friends. So Rex was out with his buddies at his friend's house, which happened to be right next to the school that he goes to. We live on the other opposite side of the school. So we, he was very close, right? Um, he had texted his mom about five o'clock and said, hey, what time do you want me home for dinner? And we said, start heading home. We're making dinner now, but don't be later than six. So again, it's five o'clock. And we're preparing dinner, and my wife gets another text from um, her cousin who lives in the neighborhood as well and says, this is about like 5.20, maybe 5, 5.30-ish, says, there's been a horrible wreck down by the school. Are all your kids counted for? Um, which is, you know, gut-wrenching to, to, to read that. But something that, you know, every parent has gone through, you know, those moments when, you know, you're, you worry that maybe your kid's involved, so you want to make sure it's not. and so, you know, we make our calls to make sure the kids that are out of the house are accounted for. My two oldest sons were accounted for. Our youngest daughter was at home with her friend. Um, but Rex, we couldn't get a hold of him through his phone. So we were texting, calling. And he wasn't responding. So we reached out to his friends. They said, oh, he's not here. He left, you know. And so he just was not responding to the phone calls. Um, and at that moment is when I realized something wasn't right. I could feel it, right? I just kind of knew, like, this is, it's him, right? Without really knowing. But, so I ran out of the house, got down to the school. Um, and again, we live right, right next to the school. I mean, it's literally maybe 400 yards away. So I'm there in my car. I, I approach. They have the crying seat tape up everywhere, and they won't let me anywhere close. So I really can't see what has happened. Other than, you know, there's paramedics everywhere and, and off police officers. So they uh, instruct me to stay there, right? Um, and I say, well, I, listen, I, I need to know if this is my son. I describe him, and they just tell me to wait, right? And so we, we go through that process of, of waiting and waiting and not really having an answer, um, not until hours later. So to give you an idea of what happened, um, about 5.19 or maybe 10 minutes before, there was a vehicle in the area. And so I, I live in a residential area like most people do. The school 
the road that is in front of the school, the speed limit is 35 miles an hour. Um, this individual and his three friends were in a Ford Mustang going super fast up and down the road. Okay. There was a roundabout and on the opposite side, on the opposite side of the roundabout is another elementary school. So you got a middle school and an elementary school and he's doing donuts and burnouts in the roundabout and just hot rodding all, all up and down the road. He takes one last pass up to the top of the road where the four-way stop is and comes back down. At this time, my son's walking, or he's on the sidewalk coming home in front of the school and approaching him is this vehicle going 97 miles an hour in a school zone. He hits a, a bump in the road, arguably probably to jump the boat, the, his car, jump the bump, loses control, and he's about 150 yards away from my son and goes up on the sidewalk and strikes him catapults him into the landscaping of the middle school, just destroys his body, right? Instantly kills him. Um, and that's what transpired, right? We had an individual that was going 97 miles an hour in a residential neighborhood at a time of day when he wasn't the only one there on the sidewalks in front of a school. Um, and it's kind of obviously is something that's super tragic and has affected our family in a very personal and deep way. The pain is unquenchable. I mean, it just stings to the soul. There's nothing that can take that away. Um, so that's kind of what happened with my, my poor son. And, you know, we sat there on that, on the opposite side of the school for three hours while we waited to know if it was him for sure. But the whole time we knew, right. We, we had that sense that I guess it would be, you know, the parents' intuition or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's forever changed our life, um, not having him in, in, around. And it kind of brought, it, brought us, you and I, together today, and really this, this uh, movement that we're trying to engage in. So if you want me to get into that, what's going on is, you know, obviously there's a criminal process that happens, similar to what happened in your, your uh, sister's case, right, where the driver, in our particular case, was charged with reckless driving. Um, he was not under the influence. And so I met with the deputy district attorney that was assigned to the, the handle of the criminal case. And she told me, Jason, look, in Nevada, reckless driving, when it results in a felony or a death, it's a felony, right? It's a category B felony. And the minimum sentence is one year and it's max is six. And all of that is probationable up front, meaning the defendant at the sentencing hearing, may only get probation and walk out of the courtroom with you. And I was, I was taken back. I mean, to be honest with you, I, it was shocking. I, I had no idea um, that that was the case. That was the framework in which, you know, this crime was, the punishment for this crime was to operate. And so I looked at that deputy district attorney. I said, that's unacceptable. I can't sit back. I mean, what can I do to make sure that this guy that just took my son's life does some time for doing that. And she said, listen, all you can do is, as a victim, you can provide a victim impact statement and give everything you got at sentencing. So we, and we did. I mean, we, we solicited the, the community that, that we live in um, and as many people that would help, right, and, and encourage kind of the maximum sentence in this case. We came to the sentencing hearing and we, we gave everything we got, uh, we had, and, and put forth kind of the, the facts of this case, the egregiousness of this case, and let the judge know this is, you know, this deserves the maximum penalty. But the whole time, not really knowing and being yeah. prepared that he may walk out despite our, our pleas. The judge didn't see it that way. And, and 
I'm grateful that she saw the egregiousness of the, of the crime, right? And she appropriately handed down the maximum sentence. Well, in Nevada, I learned as well that it, there's a sentencing framework that we're, you know, there's, there's guidelines. So it's not, okay, she gave him six years, right? But he's eligible for parole at two years. So he has to, once he serves 40% of that six years, he can petition to the p- parole board for, for release. Um, and based on his behavior, he may be awarded that. And so it's a two to six, right? Um, and again, I still think even six years is not enough. It's not. Um, this is an individual that, again, was going 97 miles and a 35 in front of a school at a time of day where kids are, are likely to be on the sidewalks. And it's just obscene. And so the only difference between this and a DUI that results in death is the impairment. And arguably, someone that's impaired really doesn't have an idea what they're doing. They don't have complete control of their decision-making abilities while behind the wheel. Um, they don't have complete control of their physical um, abilities either, right? And so, however, in, in a reckless driving that results in death, that individual, that that criminal, really, has complete awareness of what they're doing. They they don't lack any inhibition, right? Right to control their physical, you know, behavior or even their mental behavior. He 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 knew farewell what he was doing. Right. And so it's even more egregious, I think, for someone to engage in this type of behavior and results in death and get less of a penalty. And so that kind of struck a, a kind of a nerve, a, a nerve within me um, to kind of push for some change. And so, you know, we got done with the sentencing hearing, got the result that we were, were satisfied with. The judge did the best she can do with what she get, was able to do, right? She gave him the max. That's as much as she can do. So how do we go? What do we do now? What's the next step? The next step is change the law, right? And so I, my wife and I have tirelessly worked to try to bring the message to people and let them know, listen, right now, if your son or your daughter or your loved one is on a sidewalk or even in a vehicle and they get hit by a reckless driver that individual will likely not serve any jail time, right? And that is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want you to help me encourage our state legislature to make some changes. They're the ones that need to hear the story. They're the ones that can make this happen. And so, you know, we've, again, we've kind of engaged the public to help us write letters to the state legislatures that are in Carson City today. Um, they're in session. This is the time to do it. So, I reached out specifically to my district representatives. They committed to draft a bill that would uh, increase the penalties for reckless driving, right? We would make it, we would liken it to a DUI step, a DUI crime in regards to penalty, right? Give them up to 20 years in prison, make it non-probationable up front, right? right? And so that's kind of the effort that's going on now. Um, And we do this because my son represents and represented that day, anyone's loved one on that sidewalk, anyone's child. And I, don't see, and I, I know that what I'm doing isn't going to bring my son back. You know, I'm not naive to that and understand that you know, there's nothing that's going to change the fact that my son or your sister is gone because someone chose to be reckless right, and put not only their own lives in danger, but the lives of other people in danger. And they did, and they killed people. It's, 
it's the next family that goes through what we, we have gone through because it will happen again. It happens time and time again every week. I mean, you turn on the news and it's on the news once or twice a week here in Clark County, right? It's become an epidemic beyond proportions that needs to be tamed. And one way to do that is to increase the penalties on the criminal justice side so that when it does happen, right, these victims' families and the, and the victims that survive feel some justice that the law was drafted to protect them, right? Because yeah. right now there's no protection for the victim in this situation. And so we got to increase these penalties. And hopefully that will provide some type of mitigation, right? Maybe this will stop somebody from right. doing this. Um, I, I am well aware that there's a lot of other front-end things that could be done. Education, you know, there, there's things that we can do with the roads and as, far, as far as infrastructure. This is a piece of that big puzzle, right? But this is a very important piece, and it's one that I'm fully committed to doing, and I've reached out and, and asked others to help in that process. Definitely, and I'm so glad you are doing this because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that just like us, there's so many other victims out there that are like, yes, this is what we need to do, you know what I mean? Or, you know, some people that didn't even realize this was, you know, something or a step in the right direction, you know what I mean? So... Ben, big hats to you guys for doing it and putting in the groundwork initially, you know, to be able to do something like this. And then the fact that you can name it after your son, you know what I mean? Someone who's just such a go-getter and someone who just saw the positive and everything, you know what I mean? That I think that's going to definitely help this a lot. Um, do you have the one with the QR code on it? <clears throat> yeah, if you could, if the QR code, I mean, the whole story's there, right? So, I mean, you know, I've created social media posts and everything else, the QR code will give anyone and everyone the information they need to kind of understand what I'm, we're doing, right? What Rex's law is all about. And even though, you know, it's, it's been hopefully named, it'll be named Rex's law if, if, if it passes. This is a law for the people, right? Yeah, this is definitely. not, I mean, I don't, again, I don't see um, what I'm trying to do as something that's solely for my family no, of course, right? yeah. or your family or, right. or, this is for everyone in this community. And, you know, we were talking off, off mic about just the community that we live in here. There is a community in Las Vegas. There is a community in Clark County. I've seen it, right? We had a vigil two days ago on the, the one-year mark of my son's death. And we had upwards of 200 people show up for this vigil. And most of them, I couldn't tell you their first name, right? Um, but they came because they cared and they loved us, right. right? They supported us in that in the moment of grief and sorrow and pain. And this this law is about that, right? It's like how do we help people? How do we pay it forward? Because there's we've got to help people and this is one way to do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if there's harsher punishment, people will maybe hopefully if we have any hope in humanity, think twice about, you know, what they're gonna do or punching that or going that speed and, and you know, maybe the yeah, I mean, all we can do is try our best, you know what I mean? And little little things like this, you never know, you know, sometimes it takes a mustard seed, you know what I mean? And um, I'm really glad that you are doing this. So once again, please go, you know, can you do that QR code one more time? Sorry, come on. Um, pull your phones out, get this QR code, go to it. And it's not a donation or nothing like that. It's just trying to get people to, so they can like write letters or petition or their stories, any other victims, you know what I mean? Feel free to write your story and let them know because obviously it's not just us two. There's, like we said, there's hundreds of them going on a year 
yeah, in this city. Uh, so absolutely, this last. Two weeks ago, a family reached out to me. Her, their daughter was killed by a reckless driver. She was stationed at, at Nellis. Right? They're not from here. They're from Texas. Um, they had a sentencing hearing two weeks ago, and they asked, what, what should we do? What should I said, give them everything you freaking got. Give them, give them the whole show. I mean, you've got to work really hard. And unfortunately, and, and you know this, the criminal justice system is not designed for the victim, right? It just isn't. And so... There's no representation when it comes to a victim in a case, a criminal case, right? You don't have an attorney that's assigned to you to walk you through the process. The DA is not your attorney. Um, although they are prosecuting the case, they represent the state. The defense obviously doesn't represent you either. And really, it, it, it takes a lot of legwork and, and really arguing and letting people know you're not going to tolerate this anymore. And so we talked about that. And, you know, th- that's another case where it's like it seems like a no-brainer right this should this should this individual should go to jail and you know we got to change a lot to make sure that happens because you know it didn't really happen the way i'm sure you know i think their family would have wanted it to happen um and people always ask me well, what do you want the defendant to get and i said well i want the max i can get whatever it is because you took the max from me right i will forever be in prison because he took my son right he gets to go to prison for you know, 40% of a max sentence, his time will be done. Me, my wife will forever be in a prison of, of grief, of sorrow, of pain that we can never get out of, right? There is no probation for us. And you understand that. And that's what it's about. It's about holding people accountable for their reckless decisions because we cannot let people get away with things and expect things to change. Because right. if we don't, things will not change. Definitely. And it's always um, from when we heard back five years ago, it had changed a little bit. <laughs> and then now I feel like is a bigger, even bigger step to take. So make sure you guys go visit that. Um, go follow him on Do It For Rex on Instagram. Um, get involved with these things. If you are a victim, reach out to him. Reach out to me. Um, we definitely want to start building a community with this as well. You know what I mean? So... Um, whatever you can do to help. Um, I'm definitely going to try to throw some events soon to try to get some more people involved in this so we can start getting those letters out. You know what I mean? Let's just really try to... Um, I'm not really big in politics, but, you know, if you're not, at least do something that you're that you can relate to or that you really feel like, you know, you can make a difference on on things like this. You know what I mean? I highly suggest it. Um, so you have an event on the 11th that you guys are doing? Yeah, so City of Henderson puts on a, a really probably their biggest parade of the year. It's the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Um, my wife and I decided, hey, one way we can just kind of spread the message regarding Rex's Law is to enter into the parade. And so we did that. We got an entry. Um, and so we'll be there on this Saturday, the 11th. The parade starts at 10 a.m. It runs from 10 a.m. to noon. It's on Water Street in downtown Henderson. So a great event. I mean, it's a two-day, I think maybe a three-day event that they put on there. Uh, we'll be there Saturday, obviously, for the parade. Come on out there and 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 support us and support kind of the community in in this effort. And and let's see what we can do as far as making some noise, so the you know people up north in Carson City can hear us. Um, on that note, I mean, I've spoken with several legislators, and they understand the issues, right? We just got to keep pushing and and make sure that they actually vote the way we want them to vote when when the bill comes before them. Um, and if you go to that QR code, I provided, I, I try to make it as simple as I can for people because I know it's daunting, right? Politics is not everyone's 
uh, forte. It's not mine either, right? <laughs> I, I, and I don't view this as political at all. No, right, really. right, right. I view this as, as, as a community safety issue. I view it as a, an opportunity for us to help protect our streets and our, our sidewalks and our, and our uh, community from just reckless violence. It's, it's vehicle violence, right? Yeah. And we got to stop. It. And so if you go to the QR code, there's links there to, to all the different kind of news stuff that we've been doing. And also there's a template letter that if you don't know what to write, I provided that for you. You just got to plug your name and name in it. I provide all the email addresses to the different legislators you can send it to. And they've, they've heard our, they've heard about it. Um, cause every time I get on the phone with one of them, they go, yeah, we've heard about Rex's law, you know? Right. So that's good. People are doing it. And so again, this Saturday we'll be out at, uh, the St. Patrick's day parade. It'll be fun. We're going to be wearing our do it for Rex shirts. Um, they'll be green for St. Patrick's day. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. And yeah, we're just doing whatever we can to kind of spread the message. Is there also like a deadline for these legislation meetings? So the, the the session runs till June sixth, I believe. Okay. Um. So you know we're we're early in this process. It's been about a month that they've been in session. The bills, all bills, have to be produced by the end of March. I, I don't know the exact date. I think it's the twentieth of March. Um. This bill hasn't been drafted. It hasn't come out of their legal department yet. So we're waiting for you know that to happen. Once it drops, it'll be assigned to a committee and then go. You know, it go through the legislative process, which could take a couple months. So it's not a, a quick process, but it's definitely not something that takes years, right? Uh, we'll, we'll have a kind of an answer of what, what happens soon. Um, and listen, if it doesn't pass this session in Nevada, it, they meet every two years. And I, and I tell everyone, listen, if it doesn't happen, guess what? <laughs> My story doesn't go away. Right. Your story doesn't go away, right? right? Our loved ones are, are alive to us, and they, their story needs to be told forever. And so I'll be back again in two years to keep pushing because, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Kind no, of thing. yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You have to keep pushing. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. So, you know, with y'all's help, hopefully we can get this sooner. You know what I mean? So we don't have to wait for two years. But I mean, yeah, if you guys are willing to help out, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's not a charity. It's we're not, you know, we're not asking for money or nothing like that. Just go to the QR write a letter you know what i mean give your peace and then that's it just a little bit of your time you know what i mean so yeah um with that being said i mean big happy birthday to my sister um you know i love you i miss you you're always a light in my life whether you're here or not um shout out to all the family who's been there shout out to um you know just everybody who's been supportive in this whole trial shout out to you shout out to your family i'm so glad we were able to meet and connect and um, hopefully we do so much bigger things coming up for, for both of them. Um, I know Rex's birthday is coming up in April, too. So maybe we'll do a little birthday celebration for him, too, here so we can keep it going, keep it pushing. But, yeah, once again, you guys, you know, if you can do anything to help, just help. You know what I mean? Everybody needs community these days. Everybody needs community, period. We all need each other. We all need to connect with each other. And if... Once again, if you guys are a victim of reckless driving as well, feel free to reach out to Rex. Feel free to reach out to me. And let's keep this ball rolling and get a community going so we can prevent this from happening from our future kids, for other people out there. And then, yeah, hopefully people can, you know, honestly, I don't know what this is going to do, but I just just know it's going to do something great. And I just feel it. And I'm just so happy to be a part of this. I'm so happy to, you know, meet you guys and, and I can't wait to meet the rest of the family, you know. So, yeah. Um, 
any last words before we go about Rex, about the family, any shout outs? Yeah, you know, again, thank you so much for, for allowing me to, to come on your show and, and use this opportunity to kind of spread the message, really spread the legacy of our loved ones. And um, for me personally, I just want the, everyone that's listening to know that I care about your, your family. I care about your love. I don't, maybe I don't know them personally, but I care about them because I know the pain that I've gone through and I know the support that my community has provided me. And, and to be honest with you, it's been something that's kind of carried us through this whole process. We had a candlelight visual two days ago, and I think I mentioned that, but we had not been back to the accident scene. And we live, like I said, four or 500 yards away. We have to drive by every day, but we've never physically been you know, there as a family. And we decided to have that candlelight visual there. And the only reason we were able to do that and I told the, the participants there, the, the audience, the only reason we were able to do that was solely because of all the love and support that, that they provided us. If, if it hadn't been for that, I, we wouldn't have been there, right? There was, it's a hard place to be, the location of where your loved one is killed, right? The, they, they take that last breath. That's the only reason we were there is because of them, right? And so the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing now is because of them, I want them to feel safe in their neighborhoods. I want all of us to feel safe because you're right. It's about community. At the end of the day, this is not about politics. This is not about Democrat versus Republican or whatever, right? This is all about community and just in making sure that you feel safe in your neighborhood and punishing those that decide to violate that, those boundaries of trust and community because that's what it is. They're violating our sacred bound boundaries of community when they do stuff in these neighborhoods or they do these things to our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, and our children. And that's what I want to see have happen. I want to see that be protected for generations to come. And this is just the beginning. Definitely. I can't wait. And um, like I said, hopefully we get some names flowing in. I have faith in y'all. Come on, spread the words, share this. I'll, I'll post clips and um, continue to you know, reach out to Do It For Rex, um, support them as well. And we got so many things coming up soon, so stay tuned. Um, we're going to make sure we collab on this. Um, shout out to all the all the victims out there. You know, you're in our hearts um, as well. And, you know, like he said, we just have to do better as a community so that this doesn't keep happening. So with that being said, happy birthday, Savannah. Shout out to Rex, you know, um, for living such a great and amazing life. Both of them, they say the good ones die young, you know, and they were two great, amazing people. So um, let's continue to remember our loved ones. Let's continue to do better and try to work on ourselves, not be so reckless out there in the streets. Please take caution and take regard to other lives out there. And yeah, until next week, you guys, this is that part talk show. Once again, thank you to Jason. Thank Thanks you. to my mom in the building. And y'all have a great, safe and blessed day. See you later, y'all.